It's 2022. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to Run It Back NBA Week in Review. The voice of the fan. Drop a bounce pass, throw down the rim rocker. Lay up off the glass, right past the shot blocker. A follow through like Kobe's money. You can cash it. For news on LA hoops, come over to Beach Basket. Up to date sports, post game reports. Debates and play by play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone a man up, you can ask Beach Basket. The Beach Basket, coming soon on air. The Beach Basket, where the news begins. We're dropping news. Like we're in the stands, creating news from the ass of fans. We've been off for a few weeks to enjoy the holidays. Uh, we took time to interview Cher- Jeremy Treatman, a close confidant of Kobe Bryant's last week, and are back to talk NBA today. We'll go back to our regular weekly recaps next week, but tonight we want to take a look at select teams and how they're doing when compared to their preseason predictions. I'm joined tonight by Isaac Edelman of our partner site, flteams.com, to discuss the Heat, Theodore Fernandez to talk Thunder basketball, Nate Malone to discuss the Phoenix Suns, and I'm going to try and do justice to the Los Angeles Lakers and Los Angeles Flippers. So before we get started, we want to thank the Basketball Podcast Network and our sponsor, DraftKings. Remember to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN. That's promo code TBPN. We took the preseason rankings for all of the NBA teams, all 30, um, and we took a look at how they're doing based on their preseason ranking. So on our screen right now, you can see the top four. At the start of the season, the Brooklyn Nets, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Golden State Warriors were the top four teams. Those were your championship contenders. You could see just a little sliver of the Phoenix Suns there at number five. So what we want to do tonight is we want to take a look at where they are today. It's been a weird season, another one. Uh, because of the COVID protocols, health and safety protocols. It hasn't gone the way anybody expected it to. So in a lot of ways, I think a lot of these predictions, um, I don't want to say are invalid, but I think they would probably would have been altered a little bit if we knew that Kyrie Irving was going to be out, right? That uh, Anthony Davis was going to be out, uh, that Giannis would have missed some time, et cetera. Each of these uh, teams have have really been hurt um, by – by COVID in 2021-22, with the possible exception of the Suns. They've gotten, you know, they've gone pretty healthy. They've been pretty healthy so far. I don't know how they've been able to escape it, but that's as good a segue as I could possibly think about. Let's ask Nate. Uh, Nate Malone covers a lot the Phoenix Suns for us. He is a, uh, uh, a fan of the team, watches the team regularly, knows them well, uh, writes great content about the Suns, and we're excited to have him tonight. The Suns? Let's pull them down here a little bit so you can see a little bit better. The Suns were um, preseason pick number five after beating the Los Angeles Clippers last night. They are now the number one team in the association. This is based on their record. Nothing subjective about this at all. This is just based on their record. They're the number one team. So, Nate, let's start with you. They were number five pick. 
they're number one now. I imagine you're feeling good. Tell us what's the secret been for the Suns, and um, was I right to say they haven't really been as impacted by COVID as other teams have? Um, you were right to say that. To my knowledge, I think only only person who got affected by that was Aiton and uh, McGee and Crowder, mm-hmm. and that was like a week ago at least. You know. Well, well past like three months into the season, so I mean, and and we had like a, you know Aiden had his little injury, and everyone knows about the, the you know the Booker hamstring. But other than that, I mean, we might have dropped a few games where we lost some of our guys, but we we pretty much you know we, we stayed the course. I think it's a testament to um, to our coaching and to the culture. I mean, you got to think. People like to say, I, I don't know why Kevin Durant and uh, Kyrie Irving said they don't need a coach. They can do it by themselves. A coach, yeah. a good coach is valuable, you know. You're in the right spot to be to be great. You know what they – I played football back in the day. You know what they do with players who aren't very good at playing football? They put them in certain spots to hide their weaknesses. So sure. a player who isn't real good at maybe covering – they put him on a blitz every single time. Just send him straight at the quarterback. And it'll look like he's doing great. The guy isn't that good. But the coach knows how to put people in certain places to be good. And I, and, and I see that all the time, Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson is playing phenomenal. Beginning of the year, he wasn't doing too much. But people that went down, Jay Crowder went down. He had to step in at power forward, a little bit of small forward. Um, you know, he had to come in when uh, when Devin Booker was out, play more minutes. He's playing phenomenal, in my opinion. You know, yeah. Um, campaign. He's always good. Um, I like. I love what Jalen Smith has done for us. I feel like he was one of the steals of the draft. I think it was last year. I might be wrong. I think it was last year he was drafted. Jalen Smith is playing so great. I mean, he had like 14 rebounds the other night, and I mean, he might. He he was might have been the tallest player on our team. For at least two weeks, when we lost Aiden and McGee, he's like six nine, six ten. We were going really, really small ball. Not as small as the Lakers with with LeBron at center, but we were playing really small ball. And and I mean, I, I'm, I'm loving how we're playing so far. Um, and, the uh, Suns are they're number one right now. They they yeah. are the the best team in the association. Um, they've been kind of battling, you know, the Warriors uh, in the West uh, for that title. Um, the Warriors are about to get Klay Thompson back. Uh, matter of fact, tomorrow, which is pretty exciting. Um, I think, you know, just in general, whether you're a fan of the team or not, it's nice to see Klay Thompson back after missing two full seasons. It's crazy. My question, though, for you, is this sustainable? Uh, the, the Suns have been good since the bubble. Right. I mean, that that's when I think they realized we're a good team. And then last season they made it all the way to the finals. Is this sustainable? Are the Suns, I mean, do they have staying power? Is is it finals or nothing? Finals or failure for the Phoenix Suns? Um, as far as keeping up being the number one seed, I do believe it's sustainable because their only real threat is the Warriors, and I mean, even if we do end up dropping to the second seed, I don't think we'll go any lower than that. No one else seems to be able to string together a good amount of wins to even catch us 
And I mean, so I think we can keep up with at least being number one or number two. I don't know how the words would be. I think Curry is hurt. Something about a contusion. I, I think Draymond, you know, he didn't play last game. I don't know what they got going on injury wise. We should be all right. But I mean, if you look at our team, I mean, Frank Kaminsky scored 31 points. I mean, every single person on our team can ball. I mean, it's crazy. We might be the literal definition of another man's trash is another man's treasure, literally. I mean, we got a lot of guys who a year ago, I would have been like, I do not want the people on my team. No way, Jose. No, not happening. And Alfred Payton, um, we got uh, um, uh, Jalen Smith, we got uh, JaVale McGee, Jay Crowder, a bunch of guys who I really don't like much, honestly. How about Landry Shamit? Don't forget Landry. I mean... Monty's got to put him in a rotation a little more. Um, I feel like he had. I mean, he, he when he does get in, I feel like he does all right for our three-point shooting. Right. But his little 12, 13 minutes, he doesn't really do a whole lot. That's not that's not against him though. Right. I think he needs. I think he needs to get a little bit more rotation time. I like him, but I, he's he might be hurt right now actually. But but uh, I mean, you know. It's not finals or bust, though. Definitely not. Uh, I mean, no, I know everybody wants us to go, but it's not finals or bust by any means. It's just it's nice to just be back in the conversation for, yeah, you know, playoff contention and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? So definitely, even if we can't go first round loss, though. Come on, we can't do that. But <laughs> I I don't see how that's possible. What you know, we were having a conversation you know, on our Slack channel earlier today and one of our contributors Steve mentioned that this is an exciting team to watch and and I agree I, I think what makes the sun so exciting is they're and you used this word earlier Nate they're clinical man I mean they're just they're so good they don't make mistakes they really mirror Chris Paul's game right Chris Paul is smart Chris Paul doesn't make mistakes uh, Chris Paul takes the right shot at the right time uh, and, and now I think that's what the team does. That's the team's mentality. The Phoenix Suns are not going to beat themselves. Um, that's, I mean, I, I've only seen them a couple of times. You've watched them a lot more than I have. But is that a pretty safe assessment of what this team is right now? Is that? It's a couple of things. Is that? Um, I like to. I like to make analogies. Like it's kind of like uh, ingredients to uh, to to a dish. You know. It's so many other things that go into it. It's that, like you said, you know, they don't make mistakes. They're smart. But it's also, like, chemistry. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying chemistry as in they play together for years and years. Chemistry as in they like each other. I mean, right. they like each other, you know. I mean, I, the Warriors, What I think what really hurt them was I don't think a lot of them really liked each other as much, especially KD and Draymond, whoever happened there. I think, right. and as much as I love LeBron, I don't think – a lot of the Cavs players really liked him much. Kyrie obviously didn't like him. He just held his tongue for a little while. I mean, he he, he threw half the team away when he was with the Lakers. I mean, so, I mean, but the you don't hear about the Suns dealing with those issues, those inter-team inter, uh, issues other than the Sarver thing. But as far as team-wise and players, like, co- you know, they coexist very, very well. And I think that's a testament to the guys you have around you. I heard Jay Crowder's a good locker room guy. Devin Booker's such a likable dude. Chris Paul, he may be a hard ass sometimes, get on you, but 
he, he, he I mean, it's kind of like a big brother type thing. Come yeah. on, guys, let's go. Let's come on, let's get it together. He's just checking you, you know. So, I mean, I think the whole team is just just playing unbelievable right now. But bigger than that, is they're they're having fun, you know. Yeah. So. And it shows. Uh, I, I can't believe that the Sarver thing didn't become a bigger issue than it was. Uh, I don't know that we want to revisit it. I certainly don't. But I, I was surprised to hear you mention it. I'd forgotten about it. Uh, but, yeah, that was kind of a blip in the radar. Well, outstanding. I think the Suns are, you know, in great shape, certainly going into 2022. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if this is sustainable. I don't disagree with you. I think one or two is very likely for them. The only team that has seems to have a shot in the West is Utah of catching them. Uh, but it's, 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 it's a small shot. Um, and let me say, you know, the, the goal here, right, is, is roundtable. So Isaac Theodore. Feel free to chime in if you want. Uh, Nate, when we talk to Isaac, which is like right now, feel free to chime in. Let's jump to Isaac and talk about the Miami Heat. Um, let me pull up their preseason expectation. Um, so, and, and the preseason column you're seeing here came uh, from Las Vegas odds, right? This, they were the number 10th pick to win the championship at the preseason. Currently, record-wise, they sit at eight. So they're at a plus two. They're a little bit better than expectation. Uh, not exactly at the halfway mark, which is a solid place to be, I think, for the Miami Heat. Um, Isaac, you watch him uh, a lot more than I do. Um, oh, and I should say, and forgive me for not saying it earlier, Isaac comes to us from our partner site, flteams.com, where they cover not only the Miami Heat, but the Orlando Magic and every other Florida professional Florida team. And uh, I think, yeah, just professional. Do you cover college too? It's not just professional teams. Is it Isaac? I'm sorry. I don't even know. Yeah. College as well. College as well. All right. So any sport, if there is a Florida Miami tiddlywinks, tiddlywinks, is that a thing? I should have picked a better, a better sport, but if there is a sport played in Florida, flteams.com is where you go to read about it. Uh, Isaac, if you don't mind, um, tell us about the Miami Heat, man. How how are they doing based on where they were predicted to be? <clears throat> well, obviously, as you can see on the screen, based on where they were predicted to be, which is 10, they're at 8, obviously, you know, for a team that came in with high expectations because of the re-signing of Victor Oladipo, obviously Kyle Lowry, um, you know, Duncan Robinson and Bam Adebayo received some big extensions. Also, the Heat signed P.J. Tucker to help an already good defense, right? I'm going to call this Heat team, um, their defense, elite, right? I think it can get to that level. I think the Heat and, and maybe the Bucks are, are one of the few, you know, defenses that can be considered elite. But anyway, look, you know, the Heat sitting in the standings currently fourth behind the Bulls. Behind the Nets, behind the Bucks, and then behind the Heat are the Sixers. You know, heading into the season, I'm high on the Bulls, but for most people, you know, maybe the Bulls are around the Heat. But yeah, you know, in general, the Nets, the Bucks, the 76ers surrounding the Heat, that's impressive. But, you know, being at 8, in which they were predicted heading into the season at 10, is so impressive. Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler have been injured most right. of the season. And also, Kyle Lowry has been nowhere near where Heat fans and, and I bet, you know, the Las Vegas betters 
you know, where they expected Larry to perform at. But then Tyler Hero and Omer Yurtsevin have been the, the two that have stepped up um, and really, really, I'm not going to necessarily say carry this team, but just provide most of their offense. Omer Yurtsevin is, is just truly amazing this season. Um, you know, if you look at it, what he said, there is no limit or there is no ceiling. That's what he said about his potential. Um, also, Yurtsevin, you know, has 10 straight games with 12 plus rebounds. I don't know if most of you guys remember, but last year, the Heat struggled with, with get, getting rebounds. And this doesn't have to do just with the Bucks, right? They got swept in the first round of the playoffs. This was, you know, in the regular season too last year. But this year, Omer Yurtsevin, PJ Tucker, as well, have, you know, really, really, you know, helped Miami's, you know, rebounding problem. Because Bam Adebayo could play power forward. We've talked about this before. That's why Heat fans wanted Giannis, right? Because Giannis and Bam Adebayo can play both center and power forward. But to to say the least, you know, this Heat team, the reason they're so high, because they've been affected by COVID. They've really been affected by COVID. The reason they're so high is their deep bench. Miami has such a deep bench, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess. And, and let's keep in mind, guess what? Duncan Robinson has been terrible this year. Terrible. So I, I, I think this is really impressive because, you know, Gabe Vincent's a guy that didn't play that well last year and didn't get that many minutes. Same for Max Struess and obviously the Heat signed Kayla Marnin. So, you know, if, if you think about it, this is very impressive, right? The Heat had high expectations heading into the season, and they're performing at a high level. But you have to consider the fact that Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson are not playing well. And, and again, Miami has been affected by injuries, a.k.a. Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, and COVID cases. Because I, I think the only player that hasn't been affected by COVID protocols is Duncan Robinson. And he hasn't been that good. And he also got injured last week. So, but, but that's basically it. Look, this Heat team is amazing. I know Jose knows this. I love Omer Yurtsevin. He, he's a star in the making. I caught it out in the NBA Summer League. He, he's getting a lot of, you know, you know, you know, really notice on social media from not just Heat fans. And, and guess what P.J. Tucker said? He's just scratching the surface. He hasn't even really played good yet. If, if, if that's true, if, if P.J. Tucker is using uh, wise words, the NBA is in trouble, I, I think. We can compare him to Rudy Gobert, except Omer Yurtsevin has range, and I think that's what's important. He has three-point range, but without Bam Adebayo, we haven't really seen it because he needs to stay in the paint, and we'll see that against Nate's uh, Phoenix Suns team tonight against DeAndre Aiden, a very solid center. Excited to catch up on that game. I, I think what, what's really been really neat about the Heat specifically, but this is true of so many other teams, is you you had a chance to see somebody like Yurtsevin uh, blossom, right? Where I think if this was you know a regular season, he might have gotten garbage minutes, right? And you really wouldn't have had the opportunity to watch him grow. Exactly. Um, and, and by the way, that's what I, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, that's sorry. what that's what happened with uh, Gabe Vincent and Max yeah. Struess. And Struess, they right. played garbage time minutes, and I'm going to be honest with you, they did not perform well when they yeah. made a shot. It didn't really matter because the Heat were up by 30 points and, yeah. and we didn't really care. But I, I, I like that point because that's where Omer Yurtsevin came in and also the rest of this deep Heat bench. 
You know, the game changes, right? When you play garbage minutes, you know you're in garbage time. You're still trying to impress. But, you know, like you said, the points don't really matter. Um, it's harder to impress. But when you get real minutes in a real game, that's who you really are. Um, and it, it's been neat to see those players for the Heat really blossom. And across the league, we've seen a bunch of players do that. Um I was going to say some in the Thunder, but the Thunder are in a different place. So it will get to Theodore. Yeah. And get I, I just have one more point to make, if you let me. Yeah. Um, the only problem I have with the Heat this year is that I don't know. Like, if I'm the head coach of the Heat, I don't know who to give the ball to. With the Heat down by by three with one second left. The Heat tend to give it to Jimmy Butler, and he he's not a three-point shooter. But they always give it to him for the last shot. Duncan Robinson is probably Miami's best three-point shooter, but he's not been good this year. Kyle Lowry, if, if it's prime Kyle Lowry, right, on the Raptors, yes. But this year, he's not shooting well. He's only handing out a great amount of assists. And I'm going to bring up Nate's Sun teams tonight. Nate's, Nate's Phoenix Suns team tonight. Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, leading, uh, you know, one of the league leaders in assists this year. So that's, you know, what they're doing. But... The Heat, I just don't know who to give the ball to with a few seconds left, and, and we need a game-winning three. T- Tyler Hero is the guy I want to go to, right? But he, he he misses a lot of shots. He takes a lot of shots, but he misses a lot of shots. That I, I know that doesn't have to do, you know, with Miami's rankings, actually, because the Heat haven't really had that many, you know, close games towards the end. But I, I just want to say that I, I don't know that, you know, for example, tonight's Phoenix Suns game against the Heat, it might be a shootout, right? I don't know who to give the ball to in the end of the game. And why I say that? You know, Nate, Jose, Theodore, they could just say, give the ball to Hero, but he's going to miss the shot, right? So th- that's the only problem I have with the Heat. It's not that big of a problem right now because the Heat are winning by a lot. But I just want to point that out because, you know, for example, the Suns tonight. I'm going to keep on bringing them up. They're a very good team. Based on their ranking, they're number one. So, This is why you got Kyle Lowry, though. Uh, I, I don't think there's, – there, there's very few closers in the league, great closers, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan-type closers, that you know are going to get the ball at the end of the game. A, a team like the Heat, and honestly, I think a team like the Suns, who've got so many good players, you want a good point guard who's going to get the ball to the hot hand. Right, it's gonna vary. One night it'll be one guy, one night it'll be another guy. That's what I think, um, and I think that's a good problem to have. Theodore, I know you had a, a heat question for Isaac. Go ahead. Yeah, so I kind of this question kind of ties into what you were saying, Isaac, about the Heat not necessarily having that you know true closer, that true superstar player. And now, if you take a look at the Heat's finances, this is a huge problem. Because from the years, um, let's jump ahead a couple years, 2024, 2025, and 2026, in each of those three years, the Heat have over $100 million guaranteed to Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Duncan Robinson. I mean, that's just absolutely insane. And we know this Heat team, you know, is not afraid to spend money. We know... um, um, Will Arison, the owner, and um, Pat Riley will go all in. But um, at some point, do you think there could be some problems, especially when you consider that um, Tyler Hero is almost definitely in line for a max extension this year? Like, do you think um, when you have only three players locked up, 
far into the future and just so many holes on this team. When you think of all the players that are going to leave, do you think there are going to be some issues that arise? Uh, great question, Theodore. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there's going to be a problem, though. I, I think Pat Riley is so good in this heat management that, you know, if the Heat need to make a trade to, to free up cap space, I, I think Pat Riley could cheat other teams because other teams definitely know what Heat culture is. They know that they're going to turn young prospects like Omer Yurtsevin into stars, right? And the Heat could push that, right? They can push that narrative and, and get other teams to believe in it. And they probably will, knowing that the Heat have, have such a good system. But here's the thing, right? If Omer Yurtsevin turns into a star, the Heat won't need Bam Adebayo. And they could trade him, and Adebayo has a lot of trade value. Yeah. They could trade Yurtsevin, who probably has a lot of trade value. But again, Yurtsevin, small contract. And this is with most of the Heat bench, right? Because the Heat know how to turn these prospects undrafted, right? Duncan Robinson was undrafted. Now he's getting a lot of money, which I obviously am not a fan of because he's not doing good this year. But, you know, Jimmy Butler is worth his money. I believe he's getting $35 million per year. Bam Adebayo, I'm not the biggest fan of him. He is very athletic, right? Very athletic. But he doesn't rebound that well. Uh, and he's a defensive star, though. It, it, it's interesting. I, I have mixed opinions on him. Um, it just, he's very inconsistent. That, that's what I can say. But, you know, really, to give the simple answer, I don't see a problem. I, I think whatever the case is, the Heat can get a deal done. They can free up cap space. They can make trades. And believe me. I think every starter on the Heat, even P.J. Tucker and Kyle Lowry at their age, I, I think the Heat could, could deal them if they want to. And obviously, I don't see that happening. Obviously, you brought up 2024, 2025, 2026. And I think by then, Tyler Hero will be getting paid a lot. But uh, By some team. I, I yeah. think the, the, Heat, the Heat have a lot of stars, right? And, and, and you know, they can trade. They're going to trade some. I'm going to say they're going to trade some. I don't know who. I doubt they're going to trade Jimmy Butler. Maybe they're going to trade Kyle Lowry. I know he's on the team for at least two more years. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Now, it's a great just a reminder. Oh, I'm sorry. No, but, no, go ahead. Know, the Heat are going to have, you know, um, 36-year-old Jimmy Butler getting paid over $52 million, which is just absurd. And, you know, as much as you talk about all these, you know, um, hidden gems coming up and doing good for the Heat, what years did they win the championship? Championship with that big three when they had their superstar players. You know, guys like Omar Yurtsevin are good, but they're not going to win you a championship. I mean, I think that's what? just being honest. I mean, I know you love Yurtsevin so much, but um, I don't know. I mean, I like I like watching this Heat team, but I'm going to be fully honest. I'm not sold on them, and I'm definitely not sold on their future. You know, I I I love I love. Your questions, Theodore. Um, you 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 do a lot of research in them, so it, it's good. Um, it, it's interesting, but for me, Jimmy Butler's coming off of his best seasons, right? Ever since coming on the Heat, he's putting up career numbers at this age, right? I think prime Jimmy Butler was on the Bulls, but that's because of his play. But in terms of his stats uh, on the Heat, you know, or his career years, I I think he's the type of player. Similar to DeMar DeRozan, that can keep on playing at a high level, because Jimmy Butler is the guy that drives to the basket. You know, he, he he draws the fouls, and Jimmy Butler still draws so many fouls because he's not a three-point shooter, right? James Harden's having problems, 
but I think, you know, you asked, you know, when will the Heat win the championship? This year, next year, and maybe 2024. We'll see. But, yeah, you know, the Heat right now are one of the best teams in the East. In a few years, I don't know. The, the Pat Riley era is coming to a close soon. As, as sad as it seems, you know, to say, it, it's coming to a close soon. Eric Spolstra still has so many years left, right? So, we'll see. But, you know, the Heat, again, have such good management where Omer Yurtsevin, I not right now, but in a few years, I think he could be a guy that can win you a championship. Tyler Hero definitely is someone who could win you a championship. Well, Spolstra might be the problem. Ooh, he might be the problem. Because that oh, uh, the, Heat no, team, the Heat team, uh, it reminds me of the... Uh, it's got kind of the bones of a Suns team. Doesn't have the meat and all the all the the nice stuff around it. But it's got the bones a little bit. It's got, you know, got two big men like we got. You know, you got a superstar, Jimmy Butler. We got a superstar, Devin Booker. I don't care what anyone says. Devin Booker isn't a good three point shooter. Never has been. Never will be. Yeah, he's I a mean, good mid ranger like Demar Derozan. My yeah, he, he, and just like Jimmy Butler, he's not a very good three point shooter. Yeah. And even though they shoot them and they make them sometimes, they both can't shoot it very well. And At I mean, least, you know, I have to say something. At least Jimmy Butler doesn't shoot threes. Like he knows to not shoot them. <laughs> well, I mean, now he's going to turn to Ben Simmons. I mean, Giannis, I don't think he shoots that well, but he shoots them, and sometimes he makes them. So sometimes you got to shoot them. Uh, I know you were talking about you don't have that superstar who can shoot the last shot. I mean, I don't think you really need one to win. I don't think the Raptors really had a superstar who could shoot that last shot. I mean, I, I, I like Fred VanVleet. I liked uh, um, Pascal Siakam, Kawhi oh, Leonard. Yeah. Well, none Kawhi Leonard, guys, I think, was that guy, and he showed it against those guys the really, really, to me, seemed like someone who could make that last shot. But they didn't need it. You know, they didn't need it. They had good defense, great defense. And, I mean, they had guys who... Who could uh who could play the game really well? You didn't need that last second shot, you know. So, you know. man, it's a passionate Miami Heat conversation, man. I was not expecting that. I, I will say one thing, Theodore. I loved your question because I was looking at the Lakers and and their salary structure um, recently, and I was literally blown away. Um, Thirty to forty million each for three players individually, right? In LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. When you look at that, they're so top loaded that every other contract with the exception of two, Kendrick Nunn's and Taylor, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker uh, are one year million dollar contracts because there's literally no more money to be given away. And I think that's the face of the NBA now. You don't need, it used to be you needed a superstar. Then you needed two and now you need three. Or at least you think, you know, GMs think you do. Uh, so I think, you know, the Heat are, 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 you know, maybe we're, you know, financially kind of pigeonholed a little bit, but certainly in a better place than the Lakers yeah. are. And this is what I said. This is my last thing about the Heat. They, uh, they, I think they have five borderline superstars, and I think that's where they, that's where they stick out. They don't have three superstars, but they have five borderline superstars, and Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Victor Oladipo, and Kyle Larry five borderline superstars. Okay, and, and I know that there's a lot of debate about that, but we're going to leave it for another time. There's no debate. I didn't even bring in Omar Yurtsevin into the superstar conversation. Which is, which is thank you for that. <laughs> Let's talk Oklahoma City Thunder basketball real quick. Um, I want to make sure we give Theodore enough time to talk about his team. 
the Thunder, uh, Vegas did not particularly care for the Thunder at the start of the season. Had them as the worst team in the NBA. Uh, if you would have put down $100 on the Thunder to win the NBA Finals and they would have won it this season, you might still, who knows, you would have been a very rich person. This was the worst team odds-wise. Right now, record-wise, they're 27. That's a plus three. That's not bad. I'm a fan of this team. I think they've got some really, really good young players, and I think they're going in the right direction, which is what you want to do when you are where they are. Theodore, what's your take on the Thunder going into 2022? Okay, first of all, let me just start this out by saying – Vegas has never, and I don't think will ever, respect this Oklahoma City team. If you look back to 2019, they gave the Chris Paul-led Thunder, you know, that, that um, Chris Paul, young SGA lineup, a 0.2% chance to make the playoffs, which which is just absurd when you look at that team. I mean, I think it goes to that, um, you know, small market, middle of the country, no one sure. cares about them thing. But um, it, it's ridiculous that this team was ranked last when um, – and I think anyone that took a look at Shea Gildas Alexander and what he's capable of would have been able to see that. You know, it was ridiculous to put us behind a team like the Houston Rockets. And um, OKC is well ahead of the Rockets, as well as um, the Pistons and Magic, which I certainly would have. I certainly would have put them ahead of both those teams at the start. Of, all three of those at the start of the season. It's been an interesting year for the Thunder, to say the least, because. They're not getting blown out of the water all the time. Or getting blown out of the water a lot of times. You know, it's a frustrating place to be as a team because, okay, we're a young team. We're supposed to be in a rebuild, but we can't tank because tanking would ruin this young culture that we have. But we're also not good enough to compete. So this OKC team is kind of stuck in that... um, purgatory of you know okay what we're gonna get the seventh pick this year it's not the worst place to be especially when you look at what sam presti is able to do in the draft you know it took josh giddy at six and that's um worked out amazing so far so i'm not that mad i'm just a little um this is what i just has how i describe my feelings towards this team and i i think most thunder fans would describe their feelings towards the team it's really unrealistic to expect them to do any better. But an OKC fan who watched this team, you know, make the playoffs for like nine consecutive years and have all these winning seasons wants them to do better. And this is a quote I've brought up before and I will bring up again at some point, I'm sure. But Sam Presti said that when this team makes the playoffs, he wants to be an appearance and not an arrival. Right. And I think OKC is setting themselves up to do it. It just has to be about patience, though. And, you know, not pulling the trigger for any star who becomes available. Not rushing the rebuild by sacrificing pieces. And I think Sam Presti will be able to exercise that patience, especially when you look at some of the promise this team has shown. It's just a rough spot to be in for any team. Yeah. That's how I'm describing it. You know, what's difficult, I think, in general, it's hard to be where you are, where, where this team is, because, like you said, you, 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 you're, you're not bad enough to tank. You're not good enough to make the playoffs, right? Kind of, I'm, I'm kind of shortening down what you said. Um, but you've got to find the path forward, right? So 
when I look at a team like, let's say, the Lakers, who were where the Oklahoma City Thunder were about five years ago, they weren't really good, but they were in L.A. So you knew that they would be able to attract a free agent. And lo and behold, you know, LeBron shows up. There's no LeBron coming to Oklahoma City Thunder, unfortunately. So well, is the- um, Jose, I'm sorry. Let me butt no. in here real quick. Please. Interview from a couple days ago. Said that he is going wherever Bronny signs. Yeah, that's true. The agent Bronny's rookie year. Who that's holds true. all the picks? That's true. That's oh, true. I get your point though. No real free no, agents no. are coming to this. Listen, I hope it happens, and and when it does, I will take that little snippet. I will tweet it. I will put it on TikTok. I will absolutely when, when as LeBron is putting on that Thunder jersey, I will superimpose my face saying what I just said. And, and, I'll be happy, I'll be happy. waiting for that day. <laughs> And I'll be happy for the Thunder. But, but let me tell you the best part. Go ahead. This is where Bronny James, his you know tr- his value in the draft goes way up. Because if you Great know, point. right? Yeah. yeah. He, you get LeBron. I, yeah, I doubt he's going to be a top 10 player in that draft class. That's a story for another time. I have to right. do more you know, film studying of him. But he may be a top 10 pick. He, he could even be the number one pick if LeBron's still playing at this level. Just because you know that if the Thunder are going to draft Bronny James, you're going to have LeBron yeah. on your team. And yeah. that's why Bronny James could be the first overall pick, just because of that connection. It's a great point, and I, I hope to eat my words. I sincerely mean that. Um, my point, though, <laughs> was <laughs> generally the great free agents aren't going to look at OKC, unfortunately, as a destination. So is the path forward? through the draft and just you know, creating these superstars, which they've shown that they can do, um, or is the hope, you know, that you luck out and, and you know, the Clippers lucked out and got Chris Paul that changed their franchise. Uh, you know, the Thunder hoping that, you know, Bronny falls on their lap and they get LeBron. I don't think that's the plan, right? The plan I would assume is to, to build this team up. Um, understanding that you're not going to sign a free agent. Is that probably right? Now, let me, yeah, I think you've got the right idea. Let's just um, take a look at something that Sam Presti has done that it's just absolutely incredible. You know, draft night, he trades, um, he acquires rather, Derek Favors from the Utah Jazz and receives a future first-round pick along with Derek Favors just because Utah needs to get out of that contract. Just uh, And uh, Derek Favors has been a very serviceable starter for the team. He is, I'd argue, their best big man on the roster, and he's clearly made an impact and has mentored, you know, a young, um, a young center like Jeremiah Robinson Merrill. So, you know, that's getting value. That's just free value. Um, just last week, they acquired... Um, second year, I think it was a former second round pick, Mai Oni, and received a 2028 second round pick from Utah as well. They waived Oni and basically got the second round pick for free. Yeah. So that's, you know, a first rounder and a second rounder that they've just gotten for nothing from the Utah Jazz. And when you look at trading for a superstar, up. I mean, it honestly just reminds me of playing, you know, NBA 2K at this point. You're just getting free value you know when you sign the um sign the worst free agents in the game trade them for a second round pick and that's what you do you know it's literally it's free value and um that just makes all the difference in the world when you're no when you know you're not gonna be able to sign anybody 
Yeah. You know, I'm sure a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, who's already suffered enough in Minnesota, yeah. would be more than willing to go to Oklahoma City if he sees yeah. the talent that they're able to accumulate. I think there are a lot of players that stuck in these bad contracts or, you know, big contracts, but, you know, stuck on these bad teams and just want to get out by any means necessary and just want to win. And I think that will be huge for the Thunder going forward. Agreed. I, I, it'll be very interesting to see what they build there. What, again, excites me is that, you know, they, they do have a plan. They, they, they seem to have a plan, whereas other teams, you know, I hate to throw out names, uh, but there are other teams that you wouldn't trust in the same situation. Sacramento. As yeah, I was going to say the Kings. We know you're thinking it. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. Uh, okay, sorry, uh, Sacramento Kings fans. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't have as much confidence in the Kings as I do in the Oklahoma City Thunder. All right. Just a quick reminder to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. That's TBPN. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL and sponsor of Run It Back NBA Week in Review. Um, the one thing I want to call out about each of your teams, right, is that they are in the plus category in terms of where they are now compared to where they were at the preseason. I'm going to do my best uh, to represent the Los Angeles teams. Um, I, I, we've got guys that do a great job covering them. Uh, the one qualification I will throw out uh, is I was the feature columnist for uh, Bleacher Report covering Los Angeles Clippers for a few seasons, uh, and I've been watching the Lakers uh, being in L.A. for some time. Before, though, I get to them, and, and I, I promise this uh, this will be pretty quick. I wanted to um, bring back the entire NBA and sort them by the teams that have been overperforming, right? Well above the, their expectation. Because I want to just kind of shout these out, and I'm doing it for a reason. But if you are a fan of the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Chicago Bulls, Isaac, there they are, the Toronto Raptors, the Washington Wizards, these are the teams that are going, that are doing a little bit better than their expectation. And I got to say, the, the top two, well, let's do the top three. These are great teams. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers are for real. Evan Mobley is for real. They're, they come in at a plus 16. They're, they were expected to be bottom of the barrel at 26. They're the 10th best team record-wise right now. The Grizz, and I, I forget who called this out. Theodore, it might have been you. I don't remember, but... Somebody in our Slack channel called out what's more impressive about the Memphis Grizzlies, who were supposed to be the 19th, or, you know, their preseason pick was 19, but they're today the number five uh, seed uh, in the NBA cumulatively. It's impressive. They did that predominantly without John Morant, which is amazing. Maybe it was Nick. I want to give credit where it's due. Somebody said that anyway in Slack. Uh, and, of course, the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls, I think, had the perfect storm of signings in the offseason. They brought in some phenomenal players who have just been phenomenal for them. And the Chicago Bulls are certainly the real deal in the East. I bring that up because what I did here is I sorted by teams who had the greatest overperforming 
records in the season. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to reverse it and take a look at the underperforming teams. And unfortunately, Los Angeles, the Lakers and the Clippers are the top of the bottom. Uh, the Lakers were preseason favorites. They and the Nets were supposed to be, uh, you know, meeting in the finals per Vegas. Right now, they find themselves with the 13th best record. Now, that's 13 with a bullet. You know, they, they're certainly getting better. We'll talk a little bit more about them in a minute. The Clippers, who've been flying under the radar a little bit, I think, nationally, also come in at a minus 11. They were supposed to be at seven. Certainly, if not, you know, a, a championship favorite team on the bubble. Uh, this was a team that, you know, wouldn't have been, you know, nobody'd be surprised if they made it to the Western Conference Finals again. Right now, this doesn't count the loss today. Uh, they are at uh, 18 record-wise. So both LA teams are really underperforming. Let's take uh, a real quick look at both of them. We'll start with the Lakers. Uh <laughs> The Lakers uh, had a, some options in the offseason. Um, there's a, you know, a lot have been written about why they went with Russell Westbrook when they had other options, including DeMar DeRozan, including uh, Buddy Heald. They got Russell Westbrook. And I think what's safe to say is that it took time for them to acclimate. It always does. Um, you know, Nate called up the fact that, you know, LeBron kind of got rid of the entire team. Uh, and in a lot of ways, this is a brand new team for the Lakers. It's going to take time to gel. Even the LeBron and um, teams in Miami, uh, Isaac LeBron and uh, uh, Ray Allen. Who am I missing? Oh, and Dwayne Wade. Took them a while, right? No, not Dwayne, yeah, Ray Allen. Who am I talking to? The guy from Toronto. Shoot, who was Chris their Bosch. power forward? Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh. I'm embarrassed. But they started, if I remember right, three and five that season. They did not light the league on fire. Now, they made it to the finals. They lost to, to the Mavericks. But it took them a while to get there. It took a while for the Lakers to get good. Uh, and every time they looked good, they would follow up with a stinker of a game. Um, and there were a lot of reasons behind that. Uh, Russell Westbrook took a lot of the heat. Uh, his turnovers, you know, high. Uh, he is second in the league in turnovers. Um, but it wasn't just the turnovers. It was when those turnovers came and, and how those turnovers came. He just was not making good decisions. And I think it was really hard for Russell Westbrook to understand his place, right? And I think when you play next to a generational talent like LeBron, it's hard. Uh, when do I give him the ball? When Because you know, LeBron, keep in mind, or he was the starting point guard, essentially, when the Lakers won the championship in 2020. Now he's the starting center. There's just not many players that can do that. Um, he's just a generational talent. Nobody would argue that. He's very good. And it's hard for, I think, a player to, to find their place. I will say now that the Lakers have had a couple of really good games. Um, Russell Westbrook has cut down on his turnovers. He still takes a lot of shots, and he's still missing a lot of them. But as long as he gets those turnovers down, continues to dish, I think, think they might be okay. It'll be very interesting to see what happens when Anthony Davis gets back. They've still got Kendrick Nunn uh, coming back. So the team is still not whole. Uh, and they may never be uh, this season. Who knows? But I do think right now, as the team stands right now, they've got you know Malik Monk playing 
incredible basketball since he's been inserted into the starting lineup. Taylor Tucker is finally he had, he had the season long funk when he just looked lost. He's playing like he did before, um, and I, I think this team has has righted the ship. Whether or not it's temporary or permanent, time will tell. But right now, with LeBron at center, they look pretty good. Um, they don't look worthy of this number two preseason uh, uh, positioning at all. But this is a team that will avoid the play-in tournament if they are, you know, continue how they are, and uh, you know, be a second-round uh, team at the very minimum. Um, so we'll see. Um, and there's been a lot of rumblings about, you know, the Lakers. You know, getting back to Theodore's point. They're at the same position, you know, where the, the Heat might be, where they're just really top-heavy. They want to unload, maybe want to unload that Russell Westbrook contract. Be interesting to see. Um, there's been discussion, and not discussion, right? But there's been rumors about John Wall uh, getting out of um, Houston, which I don't know. That might be interesting. People have brought up Ben Simmons, which is wrong. Uh, we had a great discussion. Akeem uh, on our team brought up. Um, uh, a trade with Boston for uh, Al Horford and uh, I forget who else he threw in Marcus Smart. Um, so there's a lot of possibilities, but obviously it's really hard to move a contract like that. Um, the Lakers uh, were really, really, really bad. Um, uh, and I think anybody who tells you differently just is, is not watching the game um, closely. Uh, now they're good. Uh, they're not really, really good. They're not scaring anybody. But they're good. Um, and the question now is, can they keep it up? They've got a very tough remaining schedule, so it'll be really interesting to see how they do. Let's jump to the Clippers. I'll keep it really short. Uh, the Clippers have been decimated by, um, by uh, COVID, health and safety protocols. Um, recently against the Nets, they had 11 players out and their coach. Uh, which is just mind-boggling. Uh, Clipper fans love to call the Clippers the canoes when they are short their stars. When they played the Nets, they were the lifeboats. Uh, they weren't even the canoes. Uh, these were a bunch of players that were signed on 10-day contracts, people that were playing on the basketball league, a minor league basketball league that we partner with. Uh, had a, they had a player uh, from the TBL play and played well, Xavier Moon. Um, what's interesting about the Clippers is that they, they're they not quite as top-heavy as the Lakers, but, of course, they've got Kawhi, they've got Paul George, and, and they've got a bunch of really good players uh, complementing them uh, under those two superstars. Should they be able to get it back, uh, get them back, Kawhi and Paul George, with enough time to really acclimate and, and get their, you know, get their bearings uh, the, the team could be very good. Uh, LeBron recently came out and said Ty Lue is one of the best coaches uh, setting up plays. Um, we talked about coaching. Nate brought it up earlier today. Ty Lue is a good coach. He, he, he manages the team well. He manages um, personalities well, and he's a good X's and O guy. Um, so the Clippers, like every team in the association, has got an if, right? If Kawhi gets back, if Paul George gets back, if they get back in time to really acclimate and, 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 and get their legs, the team could be dangerous. Now, if those things don't happen, I think you know, the Clippers might end up where they are now, um, you know, closer to 18, certainly than seven. But there's optimism. 
in Los Angeles for both the Lakers and the Clippers. The Clippers have been flying under the radar. Their recent bad outings have really been because of health and safety, not because the team isn't good. They continue to play good, but you know, there's only so far you can go with uh, G leaguers and, and TBL teams when you play NBA quality teams. Um, they lost today, but I do think that they, you know, they'll likely be okay as they start to get their players back. Um, so that's it. Any questions about the Lakers or the Clippers? Uh, one thing I will say oh, is, uh, I, I've, yeah, I've been I've been thinking about this for a long time. People are looking at this wrong. I'm not saying that Russell Westbrook needs to stay, but he's not the reason. He's not well. He's not the prime suspect. Like the prime, we need to get him out of here. Yeah, we need to get rid of, Eddie, rid of uh, Anthony Davis. He's the one making all this money on the bench right now. I mean, come on. he's made a glass every single time he touches the court. There's a chance the whole coach, coaches hold his breath. You know, anytime he goes up for a dunk, you know. You know yeah. Is, is he going is he gonna get hurt? I mean, come on. It's time to move on from time to move on. Yeah, let me, let me say a couple things. Evan uh, on our team has has been a, a a fan of Westbrook's all along. Um and, and he agrees with you. He doesn't think that Westbrook while he admits he's not a fit, he doesn't think he's the problem. Right. Now, Anthony Davis. This is a great thought. Uh Bill Simmons, uh columnist, uh, recently shared that um AD's numbers have been going down steadily over the last couple of years. Shooting percentage, rebounding, uh, offensive efficiency. He's basically made the argument that Anthony Davis is on the downside of his career. I think the dude's 28 years old. I mean, it just boggles the mind. But every career is different, man. Every career is different. LeBron's, the fact that he's stayed as good as he has for this long, that's not normal. Um, Players do... You know, they, they peak, and then they start to go downhill. Look at Blake Griffin. I think he peaked, and then he went down pretty quickly. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe Anthony Davis, you know, when you look at the numbers like Bill Simmons did, he's not he's not going to bump back up again. That's what's interesting about guys. You'll see it every now and again where, where, where a guy will have a really bad year, you know, a downturn to his career, and then he'll bump up and have a really good year. But then, you know, it's downhill for from Well, think about it. He's, he, he, the crybaby doesn't want to play center. I'm a boy power forward. I don't want to play center. Right. He doesn't he doesn't want to he doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to do that. You know, he he uh every every single time, you know, he goes up, there's a chance he can get hurt. Yeah. I mean, imagine being 6'10", almost 6'11", and not wanting to play center when you're obviously a little better at, it, you know. I mean, cuz he doesn't move as well as uh, a Draymond Green. Draymond Green is a perfect power forward in my eyes because he moves so fluidly. He could literally play small forward and power forward and center. But Draymond Green played center when they did small ball. I think since Anthony Davis doesn't have the legs that he maybe did have in, in when he was playing the Pelicans, I didn't really watch the Pelicans. I don't know, but I know he definitely doesn't move very well now. He needs to play his um, play in the middle. He moves like a center. Slow. He's, he's you react slower, in my opinion. You react really slow, so he needs to play in a in a role where he doesn't have to do as much. It gets back to what one of y'all said, and forgive me, I forget who, but it's about the coach putting him in the right position, exactly to excel, right? And and right now he's being paid like a superstar, superstar. He's getting minutes like a superstar, and he gets superstar treatment. 
maybe that's got to change. Um, <laughs> now, I'll tell you, Anthony Davis will go down to the low post, you know, do a little shimmy and a little turnaround jump shot, and it looks great. Uh, but that's his only low post move. This is not Akeem Olajuwon, man. Anthony <laughs> Davis, as much as we'd love to see him down low, being that guy, because he could be Akeem. I think he's taller than Akeem was. He's just not – he doesn't have that mentality, and he cannot play the low post. He'll go down there on occasion, yeah. but he's just more comfortable behind the three-point line hitting the mid-range. And uh, listen, I, I, I think if – I think it would be – I think it would be amazing – Shocking is a better word if the Lakers were to move on from Anthony Davis. I think there'd be lots of teams willing to take him because he is so lots young. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I, I, I I, have a hard time arguing with you. I, that, I, might I think, a, that, that might be the path of least resistance. You yeah. know, you get you get a lot of people trying to get him, and you could get off all that money. He's making yeah. more than LeBron. He might be the one yeah. making the most money in your entire league, in the entire team. So, LeBron made it clear when he st- came over to the Lakers, uh, Anthony Davis is the best player on the team. He was meant to be the best player on the team. LeBron didn't want to be. LeBron deferred to Anthony Davis, but now it's clear that the best player on this team is An- is, is LeBron James. It's Absolutely. not Anthony Davis, and it's not even close. And that's uh, why I didn't compare your Yurtsevin to, to AD, because they're similar in terms of their range, right? They both can shoot threes, but – AD, uh, for the past few years, everyone's saying he's the seventh best player in the NBA. He's the sixth best player in the NBA. Sometimes it's better to have guys who people don't even know who they are, right? Like Yurtsevin, and, and they just blast them and they play hard. Because when you get superstar treatment, unless you're a superstar like Devin Brooker, you have high expectations, but you can't perform to those high expectations. AD, like you said, has one low post move, right? Mm-hmm. Yurtsevin has multiple and that's why they're not similar. That's why they were not compared. Because otherwise, they both have range. <laughs> why does it always come back to Omar Yurtsevin? We could be talking about you know dog breeds, and Isaac would say, you know, that reminds me. Omar Yurtsevin once had a dog. <laughs> I will say Giannis is definitely better than AD now. I, I was, oh, 100%. I was hesitant oh, to yeah. say that, but I agree. He's way better than him now. 100% no argument for me. And Devin Booker is. I'll give you that one, Nate. Hmm? Devin Booker is better than AD. Than AD? Or Apples no, and oranges, man. I, I was saying because yeah, I that's think tough. it was like two years ago they were having this debate, this debate about Giannis and AD. Giannis is definitely miles above AD yeah. right now. No, no doubt. Gian- Giannis has taken steps in the right direction where in I think room. he's taking but, but now I know we don't want to take this uh, topic too long, but what – if he goes to a team with a good system like the Heat, will he blossom, or or is this Ooh. like the downfall of his career? Davis, I think the best Anthony Davis can hope for is to be put in a position where he's going to excel. Uh, to get back to Nate's point, and I don't think that's a superstar position. He's not a superstar. I think those days are gone. I think he's going to have superstar games. I think he's going to have superstar stretches. Yeah, but I I just don't think he is that that guy anymore. Anthony Davis, I think to excel now is going to be in a position where, uh, you know, a team trusts him, a team protects him, a team has a great medical staff um, and, you know, puts him in a position to, 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 to do great um, in, in, in the right opportunities against the right teams. Um, That, that's my thought. 
Uh, that answers that? my question because my next question to you was going to be what team is that, right? Is that a team with good management like the Heat or is that a team like the Thunder that, that there's not a lot of pressure on you? So you answered my question. A team that has medical staff and that you know s- supports him so he becomes you know the best self that he can be. Right now he's the Laker, man. He's the Laker and he'll be back. And uh, you know, if they do move from him, I think it happens in the offseason. I don't think it's happening now. Yeah. Um, so, but interesting thought, man. It, it, I, I love that you put that thought in my head, Nate. Because now I'm going to go to the trade magazine or the trade. Uh, oh, yeah, ESPN yeah. Do that. Magazine. Do that. We got to get. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find a right spot for him. <laughs> It'll be interesting. All right. Well, that's our the update. Unfortunately, the Lakers and the Clippers are both the, the, the most underperforming team teams in the association based on their preseason predictions. But I do think things are looking up for both of these teams. Certainly both are going to be in the playoffs. I think that's that's pretty much a certainty. How far they'll go remains to be seen. Let's finish up with a question of the day. We've gone kind of long, so I don't want to belabor this one too long. But I do want to get your thoughts. Uh, Clay Thompson is coming back. He's missed, uh, I read somewhere, over 900 games, uh, two seasons. Um, he tweeted today, just before we got uh, we started recording, that he is back tomorrow against the Cleveland Cavaliers, a very good Cleveland team. Uh, the Warriors have been good. The Warriors have been uh, very good. They've been battling the Suns for the best record in the NBA. Um, it's always interesting when you have somebody come back after that long away. Now, Clay's a little different. He's been with the team. He's been traveling with the team. I think, you know, certainly the team knows him. There hasn't been a lot of turnover uh, in the team. I, you know, well, that's not true. I mean, in two years there has been. But the core is still there, right? Steph, Steve Kerr, Draymond Green. What do you think will be the impact? Um, is Clay going to struggle? Is Clay going to be Clay, who he was before? Is it going to be a seamless, you know, welcome back, Clay Thompson? Uh, or is, is this going to rock the boat in San Francisco? Theodore, I'm going to start with you because um, we haven't heard a lot from you recently, and I'm just doing this in reverse order. What are your thoughts on Clay Thompson? All right. I'm going to start this off by saying that I love and I absolutely was hating on players, you know, and they had Kevin Durant, and they kept beating the Thunder. You know, Clay Thompson was that one guy you just had to love. And he's a fun player, you know, with all the, um, you know, just the pure shooting and the lockdown defense. You know, he's a great player to watch. But it's worth noting that the NBA has changed in the time he's got. He is 33 years old, if I'm not mistaken, which is where you generally start to see players, you know, physically decline on. In addition to this, he's suffered two major leg injuries. So you've got to wonder, is that to be effective? The answer is going to be yes. I do not think we will see Clay Thompson come out and be the same defensive player that he was. So that essentially leaves him as a Duncan Robinson type, type of player, which um, is a great asset for a team to have. It's not. I do not think he will be the... Um, amazing player that he was back on the yeah. um, dominant Warriors of the past. And I also think that when you look at the fact that, you know, he's going to take minutes away from 
Jordan Poole, who's had such a great season, right? I think this could seriously disrupt the Warriors' flow. You know, I like what this team is doing. I'm glad that they're winning again, but I think this Clay Thompson return is the worst thing that could happen for this team. Wow. Yeah, interesting. Great, great, great points. I, I'll address them in a bit. He's uh, incidentally 31. He's going to be 32 uh, in February, early February. Isaac, what are your thoughts on Clay? Well, my thoughts are much different than Theodore. Duncan Robinson's bad. I don't think Clay Thompson's going to be bad. <laughs> um, now, the, the answer to this is what the question is what kind of impact will Clay Thompson yeah. have? The kind of impact? My answer is a questionable impact. I think that's a kind of impact. I, I, I just think it's very hard to predict. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes, right? Clay Thompson knows if he's better or if he got worse, right? We could predict that he got worse just because he's been away from, you know, NBA games for more than two seasons. But that's just a prediction, right? So I'm going to make this short and simple. The kind of impact is a questionable impact. I think that's all I can really say. I'm no doctor. I'm no, I'm no Derek Rose who's dealt through you know tough injuries. So I don't know. That's my answer. <laughs> right on. I will, I, I will address those comments in a bit as well. Nate, what are your thoughts? Do you have any? What do you think about Clay coming back and uh, you know with this the Suns or pardon me the the Warriors nipping on the Suns' heels? Uh, what do you think? I think this. Um... I think to bring him back is is good. I mean, he wants to come back. Team wants him back. I think you can never go wrong with adding another gun. I mean, if you yes. got a bunch of good guns, add another gun. Now you got a bunch of guns. You know, <laughs> not like you're adding somebody who's terrible. I mean, I think if anybody, um, I think if anybody who can come back from an injury like that and do good, it's somebody who already had that shooting stroke from the beginning. If you remember Kobe Bryant. Yeah. He had an injury, but he came back, I feel like, a better shooter. He had that little fadeaway, you know. Yeah. You know, it's hard to come back and then think you're going to have the same bounce. Derrick right. Rose never quite had that same bounce. And I think when you got that shooting stroke already in your bag, you know, in your, like, your, your theoretical bag, then it's a lot easier. I mean, come on, he, his spot is the corner. Everybody knows that's Clay Thompson's spot. Yeah. You find him in the corner and – you could hurt your leg. You could have zero legs, no legs at all. Don't take much to shoot a set shot from the corner. Twenty-two, shortest three in the in the whole building. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think he'll be fine. I don't know how to how to you know how they're going to stack the minutes or anything like that. I know they go. Somebody's going to have to take a you know take one for the team, bite the bullet, so to speak. Okay, I'm taking a, like five, six less minutes and 10, 12 less shots. So we'll see how that happens. But. You know, that, that's good. That's probably going to be Jordan Poole, who yeah. might might be better than Clay Thompson. Again, my answer was a questionable kind of impact. Yeah. If it's what Theodore is saying, Jordan Poole might be better. We don't know. He, he he's been great, <laughs> but yeah, at the end of the day, you guys are all right. Um, I I think Clay Thompson is is great in the sense that he was a catch and shoot player before. He'll be a catch-and-shoot player now. He's not going to have to change his game all that much. I think where he's going to be different is defensively. He was a lockdown defender. might take him a while to get back to that place again. Um, obviously, Isaac's right because who knows, you know, what's going to happen. 
And I love Theodore's point where the team has been playing so good. And again, Nate said the same thing. Somebody's going to have to take, you know, bite the bullet and ride the bench to watch Clay get his legs. That might cause some problems, right? Going back to Nate's point when we started tonight, the Suns like each other. That's not to say people aren't going to like Clay, but you pay, you get paid to play. These players yeah. want to be out on the court. Absolutely. And if you're getting 20 minutes less now, uh, maybe no, you're five minutes less, 10 minutes less, whatever it might be, maybe you're not getting any time anymore because this guy is back. It might cause problems. Um, I think the benefit there is, you know, Steve Kerr, and that there is a a, a methodology there um, in San Francisco that I, I, a culture that I think mm-hmm. will probably alleviate those concerns. But yeah, it, it rides on the balance, man. We'll see. I think it'll be fun to watch him play again tomorrow. One, one thing, one thing I want to say before you go: Jordan Poole might fall into a Sean Livingston type of role, which would remember, be bad. Yeah, if you remember Sean. Yeah. Sean, he actually helped the Warriors a whole lot. Kind of like a six-man type thing. So, girl, we'll see. it wouldn't be bad. But you know, with that, with, then the domino is going to be Gary Payton, right? Gary Payton. Oh yeah. Gary Payton. So, and and he's been really good. So, I, I, we'll I see. do think I do think that Wiggins Otto, is Otto locked. Porter. Yeah. Otto Porter Jr. has been at, great. At least, at least. Go ahead, Isaac. Yeah, at least Andrew Wiggins is locked up, and especially. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's having a career year, so. Yeah, no, I think. And, and the reason I brought that up is he shoots the three, and, and that's why. That's why. The voice Outstanding. Well, listen, great conversation. Lay up different than glass, normal right past do, but I, I love this round. Follow me on money. You can catch it. The news on LA hoops come over the beach. Up to that next week. Post game reports. Debates and play by play coming straight off the court. The voice of the fan making noise, causing havoc. Zone a man up. You can ask Peach Bass. Coming soon on air, the Peach Basket, where the news begins. We're dropping news like we're in the stands. Creative views from the average fans.